Welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God, we want you to know Him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post Sunday Podcast. What is going on, Post Sunday Podcasters? This is your host, Pastor Johnny Sierra, alongside our host as well, Mr. Pastor. Mr. Pastor, huh? Mr. Pastor. <laughs> Mr. Title Pastor again. Tim Grandstaff. Whatever. whatever. At, least at least it's not like when I get mail that says Reverend. Reverend yeah, baby. Tim Grandstaff. And I'm like, Reverendo. Whoa, that's what Spanish. Is that? Hey, yeah. speaking of Spanish. I tried to watch you this past week. Hey, I I, I, I left you with some food. Welcome back. To I, I, I tried to watch your family. <laughs> so here's the thing. You tell me you're going away for a family reunion. Whoa. I didn't know you were having a family Spanish church service. Oh, dude. For nine hours. It was insane. Um yeah, <laughs> I don't got. It. Then Man. I try to. There's a, yeah. I try to yeah. go watch it. Yeah. Obviously, it's all in Spanish. You get up in Spanglish, and I'm like, I can't even listen to him. I wanted to hear what you had to say, <laughs> but it was half in Spanish, half in English. So I, I, I tried to check in yeah, on you. Yeah, 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 yeah. See what you were doing. No, man. I mean, it was awesome. We had such a just an awesome time. Um, it's funny because we're in the car ride. It's about an hour and a half drive to get to where we are. Um, kids are great the whole time, but I'm just like preparing them, you know, I'm like, <laughs> listen, guys, growing up, this is, this is how dad, you know, grew up and things are going to be a little longer. <laughs> things are going to be very, um, very out there, very, uh, a lot of energy, very, a lot of excitement. Um, but I, I'll tell you, um, within it all, you know, we're serving the same God and, um, yeah, he's moving. He's moving in different ways in people's lives. And so I want you to just keep that in mind as we're worshiping for 45 minutes to an hour. As oh, you were in to, heaven. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you something. I know where I got my speaking and long-windedness and talking from because, dude, it was endless conversations. Just my family can talk. I can't wait they to ask can Micah talk, what man. he thought. Yeah. Micah, give me give me the rundown on yeah. how this went. Oh, he'll well, give you two words. <laughs> hey, but that's I, here's the thing though. I while I joke, I was like, wait, your family reunion involves a full fledged church service. Yeah. So there's not many people that can say that. So no. that's, that's a cool aspect of like your family and, yep. and the depth of following God it's, that they want to gather and have church. Yeah, it was so rich with history, and um, and and I would ju- I just sat back. It's one of those moments you sit back, you listen to your uncles, you listen to your um, cousins, and and uh, ninety years of of the gospel of Jesus within our family, and so it all stemmed from um, our grandfather, my dad's grandfather, and so just passed it right down over and so it's been a strong lineage and I got to meet a lot of my cousins that I grew up with um and just share some memories with them we chopped it up man I my my uncle was just bringing some hilarious stories that I'm going to use for ammunition in the future for my my sermons in the future but um it was just it was awesome It, it was it was really good a lot of late nights um but it was it was great man I I was I was given the opportunity to talk. Um, I thought what I thought was a benediction, and uh, to my surprise, it actually was like um, it's kind of a inspirational word, like appetizer, just kind of you know in layman's terms, kind of like an appetizer before the main dish of the sermon. How long did you speak, dude? I am proud. You guys would have been proud of me. I, one of the things my uncle said, he said, uh, man, he was precise. He was on point. 
And the t- just great time. Like, I left them with wanting more. Like, oh, there you go. I'm like, man, this is Genesis is rubbing off on me. Like, Change this is great. Well. <laughs> I'm like, wow, <laughs> this is this is good. So uh, just I, 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 I talked, you continued my talk with Solomon building the temple yeah. and really, really led with that and how David prepared him for it. So I, I awesome. yeah, I struggled with what to because uh, my topic was just family. And I'm like, wow, like, that's broad. And so uh, I was like, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to use what I used on July 2nd, as we talked about Solomon's temple, but use it in the dive deeper into the preparation of when David helped him prepare for that, uh, the success of the temple. And so it was great, man. Let's I go multi-generational woo. 90 years. So everything we keep talking about. Exactly. was being played out. So exactly. That's great. Except for Mike and Aria. They're, they're done. <laughs> <laughs> when we grew up. So we that was doing Friday night, Saturday. They were like. Are we going to be doing the same thing? Oh, dude, she don't <laughs> hold back, man. No filter for that girl. I, I love it. Um, it was good, though. Got yeah. invited to, to talk in a couple places, so we'll see. My family loved it. But now you're back at Genesis, where you have to do three services in the amount of time your family did one. <laughs> that was half of one. <laughs> God bless you, family. I love y'all. Oh, I love y'all. That's great. But man, uh, I coming back. I'm I'm hyped. I'm excited. Um, and I got to you know listen to Pastor PJ, uh, just speak and do his thing, and that was fantastic. He was given wasn't a easy barrel full. Wow. <laughs> All of a sudden, he came to me. and was like all week. Hey, I so I'm, gonna, I'm gonna like jump through twelve passages of scripture, and I was like, dear Lord. Well, <laughs> We don't have six hours like Johnny did on Friday. No, you do not. No, <laughs> We have an hour and 15. And yes. it was great because I think that what we're trying to show people is while this is difficult for you to understand, it's not always easy for us. Yeah. So those of us who put more time because of our calling into studying this, um, even at the levels in which we do, it still isn't easy. To, yeah, to, to grasp. And so when you start talking about this person, that person, this king, and that ruler, and their son, and their grandson, and their uncle, and their nephew, you're like, who are we talking about at this point? Like, you, you kind of lose sight. And so he did such a great job of kind of pulling that all together with, you know, the southern tribes of Judah and really kind of showing us where we get to in this story. Yeah. Yeah. As to where we're going to be going. Yeah, it's fantastic, man. So this is episode 31 and we are super thankful, man, for it. We are we're we're, we're chucking along. And again, we're on we're on the back half now of the Old Testament, really wrapping things up soon, which we're building to a grand triumphal entry of the man himself, uh, Jesus. And so that'll be coming up here soon. I'm excited for that. Uh, but that will really uh, unleash us into a new space of, of conversations. Um, but still, again, it's the never-ending story, and it ties everything back into the God's ultimate plan. And so if you've been with us, man, the last 31 weeks, uh, thank you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your love. Truly, truly appreciate everything uh, that you guys have done. And because of that um, support, that you guys have given us. Uh, we received a text message last week from a po- um, post-Sunday podcaster, and she texted me. It's it's one of our friends, and she's like, hey, listen, uh, do you know, I don't know if you ran into this, but you guys uh, on listennotes.com, I wasn't aware of this website it's at like all. A search engine for it, podcasts. Yep, search engine for podcasts. Um, she said on listennotes.com, you guys hit the 10% global ranking uh, on podcasts. And so, We dude. need like a celebration, like cloud. Oh, my crowd gosh. Clapping, cheering. Ooh, party time. <laughs> music playing. You're welcome. <laughs> Oh, uh, take that, Chad. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Stanton's taking credit for yeah. it. Full credit. Yeah. Producer Stanton. Did yeah. we, we didn't get that text message until after I joined. Yeah, I mean. There you go. See? Hey, no, I'm not taking credit for it. You guys are awesome. I mean, I've been listening every every week as well, so I guess you can call me a listener even though I work on this, but yeah, kudos to you That's too. crazy. Global. That's global, man. So... Maybe it's beyond our reach. Originally, like, this will work for our church. And yeah. And didn't realize how many people are listening yeah. in other states and around the world, yeah. obviously. And 
That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's you know we we cast a net, whatever we catch, it's yeah. it's caught, and you know we That's move awesome. on. But like, let this be a resource for as many people big time, as possible. Big time, and so we'll keep doing this. Man, thank you guys. Thank you for the support for that. Uh, we couldn't do this without you. Um, and so if you want to continue, want to keep following through the neverendingstory.com or that's all right, genesischurchorlando.com backslash the never ending story. You'll be able to find all this resource, the links to this podcast. Uh, we're on all social media platforms. And so you can find us at post Sunday podcast and, uh, tune in and join us too, man. But let's chuck along. We got a lot to cover today. Uh, we are on episode 31 and, uh, like we said, man, this is, you know, there's a lot of content to really, um, to really hone in on here and it can get, it can get pretty, um, pretty intense with information, a lot of information here, but, uh, we really kick it off in second Kings 25, um, and just Judah being enslaved by Babylon. Um, and one of the things pastor PJ, uh, really began the teaching with was in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 3, 7, and 10. And uh, I'll read some of it for you guys. That way we can just have some context. And, Pastor, you can just dial in and, and just uh, chime in on, on, on things after that. But he says, I thought after she has done all these things, she will return to me. But she didn't return. And her, uh, and her treacherous sister Judah saw it. Uh, I observed that it was because unfaithful Israel had committed adultery that I had sent her away and given her a certificate of divorce. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's like you start in Second Kings. There. Now we're in yeah. Jeremiah. So you can see where people are like, where are we going? You know, because they don't know who is actually alive, which king is, you know, in yeah. charge, which prophet is there. And so this is where for some people, it can get a little muddied, you know, and mm. honestly, if we probably didn't have all the schooling that we've had, we would be sitting in that boat, you know? Yeah. And so thank God for, for, for school and, and for college and, and for everything after that, that, that I've learned because in my own brain, it can get mixed up sometimes. And the reality is, is that we're, we're talking about the fact that Israel last week has been taken away into captivity the southern tribes, Judah and Benjamin, are left, and now they're going to be taken away into captivity. Mm. So at the end of all of this, and so this is why we're trying to kind of keep a narrative so that when people are trying to understand this, they get a a simpler picture, yet an, an in-depth picture, without feeling like they get lost in everything. And this is why we also say it's the never-ending story, right? Because you can come back to this later and reread it and go, oh, now that I know who that person is, I see this. Because at first I was just trying to learn this person, and that's how you're learning every time you come back to the story. But the reality is through the prophet Jeremiah, God is speaking to the southern tribes of Judah. And it's, it's amazing to me because at this point you have King Josiah and you have, in reality, there'll be four kings after him before they're being taken into captivity, three sons and one grandson. And so um, God comes along through the prophet Jeremiah and he says, have you seen what she did, the faithless one Israel? This is Jeremiah chapter three, verse, uh, I believe it's six. Um, have you seen what she did, the faithful one, the faithless one, Israel, how she went up on every high hill and under every green tree and there played the whore. Mm -hmm. And what God is in essence saying is Judah, you had a front row seat to Israel. You saw how they abandoned me. You saw how they started worshiping other idols. You saw how they put two places of worship themselves. You saw how they built golden calves. You watched all of this play and how, and he uses the strong word, word whore because he says, listen, just as we go back to the 10 commandments as a marriage ceremony and God said, you shall have no other gods before you. I am a jealous God. Remember he's the groom and we're the bride. So he's using this imagery that you have prostituted or hoard yourself around. You have now gone to bed with other false idols, other gods and goddesses of the nations around you. And because of that, he says, I thought maybe they listen and come back, but they didn't. And so they were taken captive and led into exile. And in essence, he's telling Judah, 
You watched all of this happen. And instead of waking up to it, you went and did the exact same thing. (laughs) I mean, how many times do we talk about this in our own life, right? You know, friends, family, all this stuff where you're telling them this is what God's word says. You're showing them how to obediently follow God. You're talking to people about their relationship, their addictions, their their habits, their, their circular friends, the places they go, the things they're doing outside of marriage, and you show it to them. And then you can show them the chaos it brings in other people's lives, and they still go do it. <laughs> right? It's true. It's so true. Um, and that's the frustrating thing in ministry. You know, I think as um, as I've grown in pastorship, you start to really see that yeah. a little bit more more broader, more bigger. Um, and it just frustrates you, man. You see people's potential. You see people's um, gifting. You know, you, you kind of get a glimpse of what can it can be. Right. And you're just like, dude. Just dial in. Just dial in. Focus yourself on this. The stubbornness to be rebellious yeah. is what we keep seeing. Yeah. And that is that is a story played out all throughout history, all throughout humanity, into right now, 2023. Mm-hmm. On on this past weekend, I got to do the wedding for a young couple, you know, Kendall Painter, um, Manny Whitfield. Um, Congrats to them, man. Uh, she was on our staff, you know, up until this point for the last few years, doing all of our social media, photography, all that stuff for all of our events. Um, you know, I was talking with my wife, and the the rehearsal dinner was one of the best I've ever been at. Mm. And the reason being was this. For over an hour and a half, every person that stood up and talked, from family to groomsmen to bridesmaids, all of them at some point were in tears. Not a single one got through with a dry eye. And the reason being was this, they talked about these two individuals being some of the godliest people they've ever met in their entire life. And they never, they never like set them up that you're perfect. But I told my wife, I said, what we saw were two individuals that never lowered their standards. They continually chased after God. I mean, groomsmen after groomsmen that would look at this guy and say, when I got off the wrong track, no one in my life came along except you. And you said, I'm not going to let you go down that road. That's not what God wants for you. Like the spiritual accountability he held his friends to, his best friends to in life and didn't like, sweep it under the rug, didn't think, oh, if I confront them, they're not going to befriend me. They're going to hate me. Like he had no problem getting into the darkness of their lives. And the same thing for Kendall, to hear the bridesmaids say, listen, when I was at a low point, when I was struggling, when this was going on in my life, you were the only one to send me scripture, to continue to tell me, be in God's word. And then you have two pure people who have saved themselves for marriage. And so I just told my wife, I said, this is not a ca- to cast a stone at anyone else. This is just the beauty of it can be done this way. Yeah. And when it's done this way, there is a beauty in the celebration because you know two people who have set their eyes on Jesus. He has brought them together and there's there's not as many scars and there's not as many pains and there's not as many as much brokenness and and I was telling my daughter, who's a bridesmaid, like, this is what I want you to see for your life, that God can have the best for you if you keep your eyes focused on him. Don't think you know better than God for your own life, right? Mm-hmm. So we're having this conversation out of it. And that's the reality of a lot of people. You can set before them, listen, this is the beauty of what it looks like when it's done the way God intended or the way God wants and our selfishness and our stubbornness and our rebellion side will just go the other way. Yeah. And it's like, and then we're, we're upset, man, I'm, I'm living with so many regrets. I'm always, I'm always, you know, my life has got chaos. I, I feel like I can't get away from my past. And, and while God can rescue you from those things, yeah. God never intended or wanted you to even have to deal with those things. Yeah. And we still do. And so Judah has a front row seat to Israel. And all their wrongdoing, and instead of going, yeah, we would be idiots to go down that road, they go down that road. (laughs) 
mind-boggling, right? It is, man. It's And that's been kind of the theme, the theme of what we've talked about these last few weeks. And, you know, we're, we're not apologetic of what the Word of God is saying. Like, these last few weeks have not been a you know, <laughs> inspiration or, or, or celebrational, you know, yes. uh, type of teaching. Oprah's like, not showing yeah. up during the Old Testament. <laughs> she got nothing no, to inspire you like with we are in a very, you know, um, depressing-like uh, part of Scripture that in a sense of like they're just not getting it. And, and, and it's a lot of shaking your head. It's a lot of... But again, it's 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 what we also continue to do. Uh, it's a reflection in the mirror, man. And um, if, so. you, if you if you think you don't if you don't think that's true, you, you need to reevaluate how you're looking at your life. That's it. Like think of how dumb we can be spiritually that we can read Israel, yeah, and we can read Judah, and look at them and go, Nah, there's mean. no way you could end up like that. And if God was doing all those things in my time. I wouldn't end up like that. Yeah, sure. And then not evaluate our life right now. As we say, if you're this far in the story and things are not changing, Hmm. your influences, your habits, your addictions, your relationship, your practices, the things that you are allowing in your life that that God has exposed, you know, then something is wrong. You are Judah and Israel right now, right? You are, you are heading in the direction of bondage and captivity to something other, yeah. right? Yeah. And God is going, wake up the same way he was telling Judah, wake up. You saw what they did, and now I've got to give you a certificate of divorce, right? <laughs> so here's that marriage language again, yeah. right? Yeah. The, the groom and the bride, I married you at Mount Sinai. I made a covenant with you. You broke the covenant. I never broke the covenant. I've been a faithful, compassionate mercy-filled God this whole way through. Remember, he could have destroyed the whole world and in his compassion allowed it to keep going through Noah. So we can go all the way back to that moment. But he he says, now now you get a certificate of divorce because you have decided to cheat on me and you haven't stopped. Mm. So in that same uh, Jeremiah, Jeremiah 3, 7 through 10, we continue to go along with that. Nevertheless, her treacherous sister Judah was not afraid, but also went and prostituted herself. Indifferent to her prostitution, she defiled the land. Um, continuing on, and committed adultery with stones and trees. Yet in spite of all this, her treacherous sister Judah didn't return to me with all her heart, only in pretense. Um, and then... Um, that word pretense is like... Like we, yeah, many of us do like, I'm going to try to make it seem like my intention is good. Yeah. And I'm in this, but when no one else is around or I get in that sick situation or I'm with that person I really like, I'm going to practice the things I want to practice. And, and so it's like back to, uh, what does it say? Israel did all these things in secrecy. Yeah. Because you think you can keep secrets from God. And so <laughs> Judah does it with a with a pretense of like, I can fake God out, right? Like I'll act like I'm for him, but my life isn't gonna show it at yeah. all. So we're back to you can't fake God out and you can't do anything in secret. He sees all and he knows all. Yeah. And so we continue on with uh now we 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 talk a little bit about Mana Manasseh. Yeah. He became king at the age of 12. He reigned for 55 years, but he worshiped idols and defiled the temple, initiated God's wrath on Judah. Um, I think PJ summed it up as just kind of the the first person to really bring that wrath of God towards towards Judah as, as specified. But in 2 Kings... It talks about that, 21, 5, and 6. In both courts of the temple of the Lord, he built altars to all the starry, starry hosts. He sanctified, uh, sacrificed his own son in the fire, practicing sorcery and divination, uh, and consulted the medians and spirit, spiritists. He did much evil in the eyes of the Lord, provoking him to anger. So God tells Israel all the way back, to separate themselves from the nations and do not practice and live like the nations around you. Mm. 
in which we now know that they were living in sexual freedom. They were sacrificing, not just sacrificing to gods and goddesses and false idols, sacrificing children. And they were, they were using spiritists, you know, people who, who have, you know, fortune telling abilities and all these things. And God said, don't touch any of it all the way back then. And he keeps telling them this and they keep dabbling in it. And then now we see that Judah under the reign of one of their leaders is doing all of this. So while Jeremiah comes along and says, you cheated on God. Now we see the details, mm-hmm. right? So this is the details of yeah. what they were doing. Same thing we find Israel doing that the 10 Northern tribes when they're now split is happening in the Southern tribes. And so they're, it says they're they're worshiping false idols, mm-hmm. sacrificing their children, and then they're playing around with omens and sorcerers and fortune tellers and those in divination. And then it tells us this, that it provoked God to anger. The same thing we read about in Israel. Someone today has to hear these things that our own society keeps drawing us into to try to believe and accept and affirm, provoke God to anger. So when you think you can dabble in it, you can okay it, you can agree with it, you can affirm it, whatever it is, at some point, if you are affirming and agreeing more with culture and politics in our own country, then you are being set apart for the kingdom of God because of what God has called and intended for you, you are going to provoke God to anger. And speaking of provoking provoking God to anger, um, we want to segue into our PSPQ question of the the week because it has a lot to do with this. Okay. And we thought it would be fitting at this time to really launch this. So, Producer Stanton, uh, talk to us. Shoot us that question, man, um, on the PSPQ segment of the week. Time now for Pastor Johnny and Pastor Tim to drop that spiritual knowledge on you. This is the PSP Question of the Day. Every time I listen to that, I'm so proud. (laughs) (laughs) Just because I made that and I didn't have to That's my fingerprint. Hey, man. Be proud. Be proud, bro. But our question comes from one of our many great listeners, and it goes... God has shown many emotions throughout the Bible. Since we know he is all-knowing, we know he wasn't surprised by by what was happening in the story of Jeroboam. So why was he angered? Can we know can we now say based on today's world he's angry with us for the same reasons he was angry then? How can we prevent the wrath for ourselves and our neighbors? Mm. Wow. All right. I mean, I mean this, that's the legitimate really question. In, ties into. Yeah. But I think, uh, yeah, as you just said, actually what we just read, I think ties into that. Yes, we know that God is sovereign and he's all knowing. Um, I think that because we can't comprehend that, let's just be honest, first of all. Yeah. We, we, you know, it brings about so many layers of questions and it's like, well, if he's all knowing, then why did he allow this to happen? Why does this take place? And then we're back to like, we want to find out as many answers as we can. And there's that part of faith where you don't get the answers. God gets to remain mysterious uh, because he holds the power and this is his story. And therefore we don't get the answers to every question we have in this lifetime. Mm. And that doesn't mean we get to stand before God and ask all the questions we want to ask sure. when we see him. I'm yeah. always amazed at the people like when I get to heaven one day, I got some questions for God. Now, when you get to heaven one day, you're going to fall right on your face and you're going to find out how great and mighty and powerful he really was. And you're just going to worship him. You're not going to try to find out how you can pick his brain. Okay. <laughs> so let's keep some things in check. Yeah. The, but the reality is that, um, what we have read up to this point many times, you know, the people, there's the people that say God is and the, the God of the old Testament. I don't like, I want Jesus. Well, the simple truth in that is that the God of the Old Testament gave Jesus. So that shows his love and his compassion and his grace and his mercy. So without the God that you think of the Old Testament with, 
you don't get Jesus. That was his faithful promise that we're getting to. The other part of this is that the Old Testament is filled much more with mercy and compassion than it is judgment and anger. Yeah. If you miss in the scope of the story that we're in, the amount of chances God gives, the amount of opportunities, the leaders, the, the priests, the prophets, the kings, generation after generation, where God keeps going with his people, even though they keep choosing to be disobedient, you miss the mercy and compassion that God has given chance after chance after chance after chance. Ultimately, they get themselves there, as we've been talking about, mm -hmm. the same way we do. You get yourself there. What we just read, I think, is key to this. It says they provoked him to anger, right? We read that about Israel, the 10 northern tribes. They provoked him to anger. So therefore, it's not like God just sat up on his throne and was like, oh, I'm just, I'm ready to be angry now. I'm ready to be upset with them. You know, I'm mad. You are doing not only what I didn't ask you to do, you are doing the things I called an abomination, like sacrificing children. I, he calls that an abomination, detestable in his sight. So you have provoked him to anger. And, and I would say this, in modern day time, right now, I think the question was leaning into that as well, we're doing the same thing. Look around at our society. It is worship the goddess of sexual freedom. It is my body, my right, which flies in the face of Psalm 34, which says the, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So to make that statement or to agree with it or to affirm it, you are declaring it's your body, it's not God's body. It belongs to you, it doesn't belong to the creator. Right, So you're already contradicting scripture instead of falling in line with what God decided. But the story tells us that it gets worse. Like I, I think about the people that want God to come. I can't wait for God to come back. I hope God comes back in my lifetime. You know, Or we go to these prophecy conferences because 7 plus 7 plus 7 plus 7 equals 2027. Right? Like, and that's when God's coming back. I don't you know, whatever. And so um, because we want to know. But Jesus told us it will get much worse. It will, it will feel like birthing pains. It will be a time of destruction. And then what comes? The great day of judgment, right? So it does come. The God of the Old Testament comes back saying, enough is enough. So wake up, people. Wake up, Judah, to what happened to Israel, but you don't want to. Wake up to any Christian in 2023 and stop being like the world around you, but you don't want to. Yeah. And so here we are as we continue on with um, with episode 31 here. Um, Gedaliah comes into, into the picture. Gedaliah is a former official of King Josiah. He's appointed governor of Judah, caretaker for the prophet Jeremiah. He goes on to say in 2 Kings 25, 22, uh, well, um, as he's in here, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon appointed Gedaliah, son of Hayakim, uh, son of Shaphan, over the rest of the people he left in the land of Judah. Um, Gedaliah swore an oath to them and their men, assuring them, don't be afraid of the servants of the Chaldeans. Then he said, live in the land and serve the king of Babylon, and it will go well for you. And so the call to obedience uh, means at any time the broken can choose to be better. Yeah, so the consequence doesn't go away. Mm. You know, the, the, they're going to be taken into exile. Mm. They are going to end up in captivity because they have decided not to turn from their ways. So now Gedaliah comes along and he says, hey, listen, let me tell you this, then where you end up, and the consequences that are going to follow you, it would still beseech you to wake up and live the right way from this day forward. And that is a great call to many of us that have lived a life apart from God or have, or have strayed from God or have 
a dark past or whatever, that although some of those things are going to carry with you because they were choices you made that had real life consequences attached to them, you can wake up right now and you can live differently in the land God still has you, in the place he still has you, in the neighborhood he still has you, in the apartment complex he still has you. You have an opportunity to come back and walk the right path in this moment. Even though things may not play out the way that you hoped because of the choices you made in your past. And and in some instances, God does some things and maybe those aren't there. But in other instances, they go with you. You know, if we're talking about Judah cheating on God and he hands them a certificate of divorce. Well, if someone's gone through a divorce, the rest of their life, they are going to have to navigate that circumstance. For some people, it's very, very difficult. For other people, it's a little easier. Still with everyone, there is hurt and pain and struggle that is never gone, but it doesn't mean you can't walk with God from this point forward, even though some of these things are following you right now in the present and into the future. Gedaliah is telling them the same thing. Yeah. And so it leads us right into, or it's been, I mean, Jeremiah, we, we've, we've already read some of the things that he's been doing, uh, but he's known as the weeping prophet. And his, his task was not easy, but it was just really calling out the people for their sins against God. Really, uh, it's a tough job, man. That's not easy because you're going through constant scrutiny. Preached repentance to deaf ears. And so here he is. He's uh, informing them in Jeremiah 42.9. He said to them, this is what the Lord says, the God of Israel to whom you sent me to bring your petition before him. He goes on to say in 40, Jeremiah 42.10, If you will indeed stay in this land, then I will rebuild and not demolish you, and I will plant and not uproot you, because I relent concerning the disaster that I have brought on you. Don't be afraid of the king of Babylon, whom you now fear. Don't be afraid of him. This is the Lord's de- declaration, because I am with you to save you and to rescue you. Um, I will grant you compassion. And he will and he will have compassion on you and allow you to return to your own soil. I think um, PJ, PJ goes on to say patience enables you to trust the process even when you don't know the plan. But there, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they're contemplating going back to Egypt right at this time, right? Well, they, or is some it, of them is have it, been taken. Okay, and yeah. Then, then they all get exiled to Babylon, um, which is really ironic in the whole scope of the story, right? Yeah. The very place the nation of Israel has been rescued out of and led into a promised land with the goodness of God mm. is where they get taken captive and end up some of them for, for a time. And yeah, no one wants to be Jeremiah. Honestly, Jeremiah is my favorite book of the Old Testament. And I've studied it many, many times. And the great thing is that I've studied it in some of my hardest ministry moments. Mm. And I don't know why. And, and, and they're, they're bookmarked that way. I've got journals on them. Um, and maybe it's because sometimes we feel like Jeremiah, right, as pastors. We feel like we keep speaking a direction that God has called his people in, and no one wants to listen anymore. At the end of the day, people still want to do what they want to do. Wow. You know, one of the amazing things, like, Obviously, we have a yoke out on the wall that was handcrafted to us for us by a carpenter from the Netherlands, and it's beautiful. And years ago, we really taught through what the yoke of Jesus was, yet Jeremiah does this, this dramatic moment where he gets himself in an in a iron yoke, and he goes and stands in the middle of the city for hours and hours and hours trying to show the people, like, you're about to be taken captive, and you're going to be stuck in this ironclad of captivity because of your sin because you will not repent. Like this is his ministry as a prophet, you know, and he's telling the people, you're listening to to leaders and you're listening to shepherds and you're listening to so-called prophets that are not from God. They have their own visions and their own dreams. And because they're tickling your ear and telling you what you want to hear, mm. 
you're obeying them. You're not obeying God, which sounds what? A lot like today, right? If we don't like the pastor in the church or like what he's reading out of the scriptures, we bounce and we go find a new church and a new pastor. If we don't feel good about what we've read in our time with God, we go YouTube another pastor that inspires us for the day that tickles our ear. And this is happening then and it's happening now. And Jeremiah tells the people, you're going to captivity. That's happening now. You got yourself to this place. However, when you get there, God is a God of compassion. If you live and you wake up to the reality of what God wants for you in this land, he will bring you back out of it. It will only last, he he prophesies, for 70 years. Now, that's a whole generation, right? So the generation that's there can't look at it and go, if we do everything right, it's going to all end up well for us. No, it's not. Now what you do will be a part of God's story after you. You're going to have to deal with some of your consequences, but make sure the generation behind you doesn't have to. And that is a great life lesson for us that sometimes in the midst of our hurt, our pain, our struggle, our past, we need to do everything we can to make sure the generation coming after us doesn't walk that same path. Why were these two people, these two beautiful people at this wedding this weekend? Because they were being taught by godly parents, this is the way to go. The amount of parents that go, well, I'm going to let them figure it out. I don't want to force God on them. Let's not talk about that subject. That's taboo. You know what? If they do what I did, I turned out okay. They'll turn out okay. I don't want my kids to go that way. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's important that I teach them and show them everything I can. And so Jeremiah tells them, live well in the land, and God's going to bring you back. He does have compassion and mercy, even in your consequence. Yeah, with you saying that, um, I spoke this weekend on legacy. And uh, it was uh, just uh, it's just a word that kept ringing in my head. But one of the things that I said was, uh, I mentioned this great quote that said, train up a child in the way he should go, but make sure you go that way yourself. Ooh, yeah, that's good. Mm. I When I heard that, I just said, that's good because, um, you know, the how I wanted to leave that night was basically, hey, what what happens when you're not the one, right? Because David was... David, what we knew was a man that just took a lot of action into his hands, but the, but God said, you're not going to be the one to build the temple. And so um, for me, before I started getting deeper into this, I initially thought maybe that was just a very difficult thing for him to hear. But later on in that passage, you see that he actually is thankful because even uh, with him not being able to do that, um, God still assured him that the impact was still going to come through his lineage. And because of this repentant heart and all that he's done wrong to still have an opportunity to be a part, maybe not him, but someone else in my lineage to have a part in the plans of God, I'm okay with that. But now I'm going to prepare the way and do what I can to get the next generation uh, prepared for success. And so legacy was big and legacy is what we need to leave and, um, Every yeah. parent wants their kid to do better than them. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. That's man. what you want. You want them to be more successful than you. You want them to be better off financially than you were. Yeah. You want them to, you know, excel in areas that you you tried or maybe hadn't or, or whatever. Yet for some reason, we don't we don't put the emphasis on that spiritually no. in their lives. And no. I think about like uh, this past weekend listening to the groom's mom give her testimony of how she didn't know God and she found Jesus. And she was a single mom who, she, she joked around, she goes, I, I didn't want to get pregnant at all. Wow. I didn't want kids. She said, I, I wouldn't even hug pregnant women because I was afraid, like, <laughs> you know. Um, you rub off, and then huh? she said, I started reading the Bible and I got to Joseph. And she said that God spoke to me and said, if you have a son, he could be like Joseph. And she said, I thought, God, I could have a man like that. I could raise a son like that. And I mean, you're just listening to her speak about this. And she read a, a story in the Bible and she began to pray for a son like Joseph. That was her prayer. I, th- I started thinking that moment of like the first episode of the Chosen series where the very opening scene shows, you know, these Bedouin shepherds kind of out on the hillside and they're praying over their children. 
And they're saying like, may you be like Esther. May you be like David. May mm. you be like Joseph. May you be like Ruth over their children. And I'm going, how many parents do that? I want my kids to be like this person I discovered in scripture that God did great and mighty things through. Instead, we want our kids to be like athletes, entertainers, businessmen, or whatever, and we push all of that at them. Yeah. But we don't go in the room at night and pray over them. May my son or daughter be like this, God, for you. Mm. And that is what has to change in our lives. It does, man. Your greatest accomplishment may not be something you do, but someone you raise. Yes, that's a powerful quote. So good, man. And so, um, yeah, I, I I, love where we're headed here because, I mean, it's just one of those things like the way we walk with the Lord has eternal significance. And so um, it's important. And Jeremiah is just reminding his people about that. Like what you do right now is going to impact a lot of different things. And so Pastor PJ really, really brought it all together and kind of is building this climactic moment that we're, we're working on here in the next few weeks. Talked about hope. Yeah. You know, um, and I thought the acronyms that he brought, um, humility, obedience, patience, eternal significance, um, putting that into each piece of what he talked about to really then put it all together at the end, I thought was fantastic. Yeah, that's that's the point. And that is the narrative piece of what we're doing with the never-ending story. Mm. You know, people are like, man, you could come back next year and you could teach the whole Old Testament again because we miss so many characters and so many <laughs> chapters. And I'm like, that is why we call it the never-ending story, yeah. right? Like we could, we could just reverse skate, oh, go right back to Genesis yeah. and pick out pieces we didn't land in so long sure. or we just kind of skipped over because we're the narrative we're trying to show is that it's, it's as we keep saying, it is like the movie or the story where like, Everything becomes hopeless. Mm. The chosen people of God out of all the peoples on the planet, Exodus 19, Mount Sinai, have provoked God to such anger by their rebellion and stubbornness and stupidity of their sinful lives that they have divided and now they have been taken captive and they have been taken from the land God promised them. Like where there's no hope left, no. right? Inside of humanity, but there's hope inside of God's story. Yes, because this faithful God made this promise, and this is like the moment where, like, I wish I was a movie producer, and I wish I could figure out how to like <laughs> produce this. this. Is why I love the Chosen because I think they do such a great job. Yeah, storytelling. Um, this is the moment where like it all goes dark. And it's going back to that passage of scripture out of Judah will come the scepter, will come the king. Mm. And it's like he, even Judah who's going into Babylon, who God in his compassion is going to bring back. Why? Because he's got a plan and a promise and he's staying faithful to it. And it's coming. Yeah. It's coming. That's the hope. That's the hope when someone says, well, why do I need to follow God if my consequences aren't going to go away? Because anything else is hopeless. Mm. In Christ, in God, you have hope. You have hope now that things can turn around and you have hope for eternity because that life is long lasting. This one is it's short and it's but a vapor. Mm. So good, man. As we keep trickling along, uh, we're building. We're building this climactic moment. And I'm telling you, you don't want to miss the next two weeks because this the next week is going to be pretty, what What would you say? Like we're summing it all yeah, up. Yeah, we're putting kinda, a bow tie on it. So yeah. I w we would say this. I think this would be the great place if you're listening. And I know we say this weekly. DM us questions you have. On everything. On everything we've learned. Yeah. Because we're going to take some time this Sunday and answer some of those questions in our services. Yep. And the ones we don't answer in the service, we'll bring to the, the podcast next week yep. as we put a bow tie on 
the Old Testament, the, the Old Covenant, you know, the, the Hebrew scriptures as you would rightfully probably declare mm-hmm. them because I think sometimes we old and new, so why people want to get rid of half of it. This is the Hebrew scriptures. This is the story of God till the Messiah arrives. And so if you have questions you've been thinking about, you've been pondering, you've been struggling to understand, like DM us on Instagram. Yep. And we will take those questions into our Sunday morning service. So if you don't live in Orlando, this is a great opportunity Sunday to, to watch live, yeah. 9.30 and 11, Genesis Church Orlando on Facebook, Genesis Church Orlando on YouTube, yeah. or you can go to our website. Um, but myself, you, Chad, will all be sitting down together and uh, really kind of summing up where we've been, where we are, so that we can prepare for where we're going. Yeah, I'm 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 super hyped for it. Um, so it'll be very conversational piece. Very, uh, we're gonna imitate, do our best to imitate what we're do what we do on a weekly basis here at the PSP. Um, but thank you guys, thank you. Um, you know, just piggybacking a little bit on earlier. Um, thank you for the support. Thank you for everything that you guys have continued to do. We get weekly, um, just weekly what would you say reviews and ravings um, uh, just on, on all of our people from church, non-church and it's great, man. And and if this again can be another Avenue for you guys to be blessed and to really digest more of God's word, then uh, we'll do whatever it takes to make sure that that is being done. But thank you again for the support. And again, like pastor Tim said, follow us on all social media platforms at post Sunday podcast. Uh, You can find us, and uh, yeah, man, get ready. Get ready. These next two weeks are going to be exciting. They're going to be fun, and they're going to be a climactic build to the one and only uh, Messiah himself, uh, the hope of of our life. And so I'm looking forward to doing that. But great time, man. Episode 31 in the books. Really excited to chop it up here with Pastor Tim. And I uh, hope you guys are blessed. Don't forget to subscribe on our YouTube channel. Hit that notification bell as well as subscribe on our iTunes and Spotify accounts and give us a good review, man. Hit us up. The more reviews we get, the bigger the ratings get up and the more exposure this becomes for many people out there that don't know the gospel. And so we love you and hope to see you back here next week on the PSP podcast. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando and at Post Sunday Podcast. Till next time, grace and peace to all of you.